0: Welcome to another episode of our digitally remastered old-time radio shows from SolvedMystery.com. Visit our website for complete collections of your favorite old-time radio series. Remember to follow us so you won't miss new releases from SolvedMystery.com. Time now for Rocky Jordan.
1: Every once in a while a dame walks into your life. You never know when she's going to show or how, but all of a sudden she's there. And that life of yours that went so straight before begins to wheel and turn like a racing car with a bad tire. Well, one moved into my life not so long ago. She brought with her a nice pair of legs and warm lips and dark eyes that held a story. But she brought something else a couple of dead men.
0: Not far from the mosque Sultan Hassan in Cairo stands the Café Tambourine, run by Rocky Jordan. The Café Tambourine, crowded with forgotten men, clouded with the smoke of oriental tobaccos, alive with the babble of many languages. For this is Cairo, gateway to the ancient East, where adventure and intrigue unfold against a backdrop of antiquity. Tonight's story, Escapade with Paula.
1: It was a hot night. The desert air had moved in on Cairo and hung heavily over the city like garlic over a chef's salad. The fans were working hard trying to throw a breeze, but getting nothing. A couple of people were working on cold beer, and a red-headed member of His Majesty's Navy sat in the corner up to his eyeballs in hard liquor. He'd wandered in looking for salt water and got into a mix up with a bottle of gin. By 1 all the customers had gone except the sailor. I decided to throw an early latch on the front door. So I had Chris help me lift him and walk him out. All right, Chris, easy with him. Yeah. Come on,
2: Red. Wake up time. Rock, I want you know this is the best room cafe in all world. Yeah, sure. I've seen 'em all—Hong Kong, Calcutta, the best room café. walk him down
1: the street a little, Chris, till he gets his underpinnings. Yeah, all right, Rocky. And go on home. I lock up. All right. Come on, Red.
2: I saw Rocky. I the all.
1: I went up the flight of stairs leading to my room, just off a balcony overlooking the main floor. When I opened my door, I saw her. She was standing by the window, looking out onto the Cairo streets. She was tall and a little too thin. She turned when she heard me come in, and the light from the street lamps caught her face. It was white, accented by a pair of dark eyes, and topped off with a flock of black hair. It figured she'd make someone a swell birthday present.
3: Mr. Jordan?
1: What's the matter, lady? Get lost?
3: I've been waiting for you.
1: Well, you got the wrong place.
3: The Café Tambourine.
1: That's downstairs.
3: I thought it would be
1: better up here. I don't remember giving out with an invite.
3: You did not.
1: Maybe you better pick up your heels and move out the way you come in.
3: Mr. Jordan, I came up here earlier in the evening when no one was looking. I have been waiting for you ever since. The least you could do is listen to me.
1: All right. Who are you?
3: May I have a cigarette first? Sure. you.
1: All right, let's have it.
3: My name is Paula Dupre. I am new to Cairo.
1: Lots of people are.
3: I've come here for something important.
1: Everybody comes to Cairo for something important or else to get away from something important. I'm
3: looking for somebody. There's nobody here. He's my husband.
1: (laughs) What's the matter? You walk out one day for a loaf of bread? Something like that.
3: He disappeared a little while ago. Why come to me? Because they say you know Cairo like nobody else.
1: The police station is close. They're
3: not interested.
1: There's always your consul. They
3: are not interested either.
1: What makes you think I'd be? I think I can make you interested. Uh, How? I pay
3: if you help me to find him. How much? Twenty pound.
1: You see my face lighting up? I'll double it. No sale. How much do you want? Sorry, lady, I'm not missing persons.
3: Mr. Jordan, I've got to have somebody's help. You are the only one. Who'd you talk to
1: at police headquarters? Well, I. What about the consul?
3: Well, you see. All right. I did not go to them. I could not. I have to find him this way. Why? I cannot tell you.
1: Well, what say you go now, Mr. Prey?
3: All right. Mr. Jordan, I won't beg. But I'm at the Hotel Sinbad. You might change your mind.
1: Well, maybe. If you learn how to tell the truth. Goodbye. Oh, just a minute, lady. You always carry a gun. What do you mean? Next time, don't put it in a cloth bag. It shows. I walked her downstairs and opened the front door. She started down the street with a slow, easy walk. I looked after her, trying to figure it. That's when I saw something else. A black Fiat pulled away from the curb and started after her. She turned the corner and so did the Fiat and I knew right then and there that wasn't the last I was to see of Paula Dupre. Chapter 2 came the next morning. I was on my way to Sharia El Alfi to check on a consignment of Turkish liquor. The street was fairly crowded, and at first I didn't see the two men sidle up to me. But when I saw the flash of sunlight reflecting off a piece of steel, I knew I had company. To the right of me walked a small Egyptian with a nose like a bent cruller carrying a shiv. On the other side stood a tall Arab wearing a pointed black beard and a banuce. He figured to be top man because he did the talking. Good afternoon, Mr. Jordan. It was until you
4: showed. Please step into this archway, Effendi. We have something to talk about. You're making a mistake, buddy. Our interests are different. Mr. Jordan, perhaps you did not see Hassim's knife? In Taffaini. San Maradit. Yeah, I saw it. Now, let us step off the sidewalk so we do not disturb the people. All right, buddy, what are you selling? Wisdom, Mefendi. You got the wrong boy. I wouldn't know what to do with it. A young lady came to see you last night.
1: So you pick over trancet. She was a in...
4: very lovely young lady from France. Well, don't get jealous. She doesn't mean anything to me. She is looking for someone in Cairo and wishes you to help her find that person. Do you drive a black Fiat that follows girls at night? Hasim and I both wish that you do not join her in the search. You want to tell me why? Hasim and I also suggest that there are many other girls in Cairo. You do not have to see this one again.
1: Well, that's a lot of advice, Buster. What if I don't take it?
4: Then I shall be impelled to call upon Hasim and his knife. <clears throat> and you will take the
1: place of that wooden post, Effendi. <laughs> They left the knife sticking in the post, and then they were gone. That was okay with me. I went back to the tambourine. Sam Sabaya, captain of the Cairo police, was waiting for me. His horn-rimmed glasses had slipped down on his perspiring nose.
5: Sit down, Jordan. I've been waiting for you.
1: Oh, thanks, Sam.
5: What are we having? This is an official visit, Jordan. It concerns this slip of paper. A name and address written in pencil. Look at it. Okay, (laughs) <laughs> Are the heat getting you, Sam? Jordan, may I repeat? It's my
1: name and my address. You came here to show me that. This
5: slip of paper was found in the purse of a young lady, Jordan. Rather tall, slim, dark hair and eyes.
1: Was that a crime? Please,
5: allow me to continue. This lady was discovered this morning lying unconscious in an alley of the Sharia Bengen. Her name is Paula Dupre. You know her, Jordan? Maybe. Then perhaps you can suggest why anyone might wish to knock her out. Why don't you ask her? Unfortunately, she was unwilling to tell us anything. What do you know about her, Jordan?
1: Oh, very little. I never saw her before last night. She came to me with some sort of pitch about helping her find somebody. One moment. Find who, Jordan? I didn't ask. I just said no dice and showed her out quick. Mm. She was alone? Yeah. Uh, Where is she now? At her hotel. Well, perhaps now she will know
5: better than to wander the native quarters of Cairo.
1: (laughs) Sam walked out, and as his limousine pulled away from the curb, another car took its place. A little black Italian Fiat, exactly like the one I'd seen following Paula Dupre down the street the night before. A short, fat man wearing a beret got out, mopped his brow with a silk handkerchief, and came in.
2: Uh, Are they warm, is it not, monsieur? It sells a lot of beer. Yes, yes, which reminds me that I am thirsty, but perhaps something a little stronger than beer. We got it. Here, I'll set you up. Well, it what does the stranger know about drinking in the tambourine? You make the choice, monsieur. Okay. Is this the uh,
1: first trip to Cairo?
2: Well, for quite some time. Mm-hmm. Business? Yes, you might call it that. Here, yep. try that. Mm, pleasure. Mm. Excellent, mon ami. Ah, life for you, monsieur, it must be quite simple you have a nice cafe and all you must do is see to it that it is in order sure sure. it is the people who stray from the simple ways who are unhappy this pas? what are you getting at i'm trying to tell you in my clumsy way mon ami that you should confine all of your activities to the cafe business uh, a most
1: delicious drink what do you put in it Portuguese rum and coconut juice. I will remember that. Now it's my turn for the questions. At your service, monsieur. Why are you following Paula Dupre?
2: Hmm. Why does any man follow a pretty girl? Somebody followed her to slug her. Say something about that. C'est difficile de des Why? Suddenly, I have lost command of the English language. Bonjour, Bonjour.
1: You'd thought a lot of representatives from my insurance company were running around loose in Cairo. Everybody was interested in my health. Well, guys don't shove you around in the street, and fat men don't tell you to go the other way without piquing a little interest. So I went over to the Hotel Sinbad to see Paula Dupre. The place was a three-story white affair, all equipped with balconies hanging over the edge of the Nile. Paula Dupre's apartment turned out to be 308, and I rang her bell. Like a dame, she kept me waiting. When she opened the door, she wasn't surprised to see me. She looked as good in the late afternoon as she did at night. I'm glad you
3: came so soon, Mr. Jordan. Won't you come in? Thanks.
1: Sam Sabaya, the Cairo police, told me what happened. Are you all right?
3: Yes. Thank you for asking.
1: You shouldn't walk around the Cairo streets alone at night.
3: I would enjoy company.
1: What were you doing over on Sharia Bengen? Looking. Why, there.
3: The last letter I got from Michelle came from a boarding house with a Bengen address.
1: You know, a lot of people seem to think I ought to keep away from you and stick to my cafe business.
3: What do you think?
1: Uh, you know a tall Egyptian with a hook-nosed sidekick who carries a knife? No. What about a porky Frenchman who drives a Fiat?
3: He has been following me. I do not know who he is.
1: How about clearing up a few things for me? huh?
3: Very well. My husband is a deserter from the army. He came to Cairo to hide
1: out. Go on.
3: We had a code arranged. He wrote me letters every two weeks. Suddenly, the letters stopped. I came to see if something might have happened to him. Like what? You know Cairo better than I.
1: Um, how far south on Sharia ben Gen did he live?
3: Past the old Rasmas Tower.
1: That's not a very nice neighborhood. Yes, I found that out.
3: But you can see why I cannot go to my consular to the police. I have to find Michel myself.
1: Why find him at all? What do you mean? You don't love him. If you did, you'd have been hiding out with him. So why are you looking for him?
3: He's my husband. One looks for one's husband.
1: Eh, All right, I'll give you a hand.
3: I'll pay you whatever you ask. Within reason, of course.
1: We'll we'll talk about that later.
3: I'll give you a picture of him. Okay. Mr. Jordan. Hmm? It is almost supper time. We could have it here. I'll make some sandwiches and we open a bottle of
1: wine, huh? All right, lady. You got yourself a boy. In a little while, I was calling her Paula, and she had dropped the Mr. Jordan. She spread a table by a big window overlooking the Nile. She brought out some sliced chicken and meats, and found a couple of candlesticks someplace and put a fire to them. Then she cracked open a bottle of Chablis, and we made an evening of it. We watched the lights come on along the Nile and the band of river got blacker and blacker as the night wore on. She told me all about herself, about the French town where she was born, and about her family. She didn't say anything about her husband, Michelle, and I didn't press it. Then the lights along the Nile started to go out, and it was time to go. Thank you, Rocky. For what? I enjoyed
3: this evening very much. Did you? Yeah, it
1: beats spending it at the tambourine.
3: <laughs> From you, I take that as a compliment. Tomorrow, then? Tomorrow. Good night, Rocky. Good night, Paula. Rocky.
1: Yeah?
3: Aren't you going
1: to kiss me good night? Shots came flying in out of the hall. They missed and went through the window. I rolled Paula to the floor. A second went by and I heard footsteps running down the hall. I looked. There was nothing. Then I went to the window and I got there just in time to see the black Fiat pull away from the curb and barrel down the street.
0: listening to Escapade with Paula, tonight's adventure with Rocky Jordan. Monday night at 6, CBS Radio Theater will present The Velvet Touch, starring Rosalind Russell and Sydney Greenstreet. Don't miss this hour-long version of The Velvet Touch at 6, Monday night. And after Radio Theater, you'll want to laugh with my friend Irma. But more about that later. take you back to Cairo, and tonight's adventure with Rocky Jordan, Escapade with Paula.
1: It all began when a girl named Paula Dupre asked me to find her husband. Then a tall Egyptian with a hawk-nosed sidekick and a puffy Frenchman moved in to warn me off. Paula proved a little more intriguing than the scare boys but when the shots began to fly, she caught a slight case of the shakes. I knew the Hotel Sinbad wasn't the place for her, so I found her some rooms at the Continental and moved out to do a little searching. The Sharia Ben Genn address Paul had given me turned out to be an Egyptian flophouse, a pile of wood so old the termites had given it up. Cleopatra's grandmother was the reception committee.
6: We have many rooms left, Effendi.
1: I'm not looking for a room.
6: We have whatever you are looking for, Effendi. Information. For money, you may have anything. That is the way of the world.
1: A Frenchman named Michel Dupre lived here once. He may have changed his name.
6: Many Frenchmen live here, Effendi. And they all change their names. That is the way of the world.
1: Here, here's his picture. Ah,
6: a fine-looking man. A rich man, yes? There is a big reward if you find him. And you are willing to pay much for information. Five pounds. Ah, but it is the luck of this old woman to know nothing of the Frenchman. All
1: right, I'll make it ten pounds.
6: My luck is getting worse. I have a one-eyed Greek. Perhaps we could pass him off as the Frenchman.
1: Ah, no deal. What do you know about a big Egyptian who walks around with a buddy who's got a nose like a bend in the Nile?
6: I do not know such a man.
1: Ten pounds will buy a lot of kush-kush.
6: Go, go away.
1: My name's Rocky Jordan. You can find me at the Café Tambourine when you change your mind.
6: Imshin, Imshin. Think it over, Grandma. I will think nothing. You want them to find me floating in the Nile with a knife?
1: Find out anything, Jordan? Sam, what are you doing here? Waiting for you. You ought to sleep nights instead of following me around. I
5: would prefer that, Jordan, but I have much to do. We found Miss Dupre in the alley back of the boarding house here. I am
1: investigating. A lot bigger things happen in Cairo than a slugging. Guess you're putting in a lot of time on that girl. So are you, Jordan. <laughs> Come on. Where
5: are we going? My car is right around the corner. Oh, thanks, I'll take a taxi. That is not necessary. We are going to the same place. Oh, where's that? The morgue. I have something to show you. The third table. Observe, Jordan. This man is fat and short, and he is a Frenchman.
1: that that he drove a fiat.
5: That is correct. We
1: found him out in
5: the desert past the ruins of the Third Dynasty. He had a knife in him. Come upstairs. We have some things to talk about.
1: Now, Jordan, what have you to tell me? I don't know who killed him, Sam, but I can tell you this. He's the guy who's been following Paula ever since she got in town. Huh? Uh-huh. He tagged her from the tambourine yesterday. I saw him pulling away from the Sinbad this morning after he threw a couple of shots at us. Jordan, that is interesting, but it is not possible. What do you mean?
5: Jordan, this man would not shoot at you. Do you know who he is? No. His name is Henri Duval. He is a representative of the French military. He was in Cairo looking for someone. A deserter. Well, he won't find him now. Someone has already found him. Jordan, do you think that this man and Miss Dupre were looking for the same person? Anything's possible. Is it not also possible that she killed Duval so that she
1: alone could find the missing man? Like I said, anything was possible. But this fogging on Duval was a new wrinkle. All I knew if I could turn up those two boys in Bernouces, they could supply a lot of answers finding them in Cairo was as easy as turning up a penguin in the Sahara. I went home and slept for a couple of hours, shaved, and threw on a clean suit of clothes. I picked Paula up in the late afternoon and showed her Cairo. I waited, but she didn't say anything about Duval's murder. Toward evening, we found ourselves in a little cafe off the bazaar. What
3: is this place called?
1: Oh, the, uh, Dibban. It means the flies. (laughs) <laughs> sure, full of them.
3: Oh, I think it is very nice.
1: Yeah.
3: Oh, I've had a grand time today, Rocky. I could stay in Cairo forever.
1: Some people do.
3: What does that mean?
1: Duval's not leaving. Who is he? The man in the black Fiat. He was with the French government. He was looking for Michelle, too. Oh. Somebody killed him. Do you know anything about it, Paula? No. Sabaya thinks you might have done it.
3: And what do you think?
1: I don't know. You still don't
3: trust me, do you?
1: It's usually easier not to trust a person. But you want to trust me? Isn't that it, Rocky? Mm. Something like that. Buy me a drink. Just a minute, Paula. We thought Duval was the one who shot at us up at the Sinbad, but it wasn't. It was somebody else. Like who? One of those two crummy Egyptians who bump me on the street or your husband. Why would Michelle shoot at me or you? You tell me. I do not know. Maybe he doesn't want to be found. Do you ever think of that?
3: Yes. Sometimes I even wish there were no
1: such men. Yet you still want to find him. I have to. Why? One looks for one's husband. You tried that out on me before. It doesn't have much power. What's the real reason? I
3: can't tell you now.
1: When can you? When we find him. All right, Paula. I'll hold
6: you to it. Pardon me, Effendi. But does the gentleman remember a poor old lady who runs a boarding house on Shari Ben Yes. A poor old lady whose luck was so bad that even for money she did not know a Frenchman who disappeared.
3: Who is she, Rocky?
1: Just a minute, Paula. Has your luck changed, Grandma?
6: I have been thinking over the ways of the world. I cannot give you the Frenchman, but for money I can take you to that tall Egyptian with the pointed beard you are looking for.
1: The ten pounds still hold.
6: But, Effendi, the ways of the world are more expensive. Twenty pounds. I
3: pay it, Rocky.
1: Okay.
6: Come then, Effendi. I shall take you to him.
1: I want to go with you, Rocky. Go on back to the tambourine and wait for me. I'll bring him to you. But, Rocky, I want Come on, to... old woman. Let's find our friend. <laughs> the old woman led me through the bazaar, then away from the crowds, down the winding Sharia Namus. Just where it turned down toward the river, went into a decaying brown stone house, up a flight of stairs, and down the dingy hallway. Then she suddenly stopped, pointed to a door. There! ran away fast. I raised my hand to knock, then changed my mind and kicked the door open. Yeah, what is this? He was there, Shabbat, a the big native with the long burnous and the pointed black beard. He was just shutting a drawer.
4: Rocky, Jordan. Hello,
1: Shabbat. How did you find me? Usual way. Ah, quite a hangout you got here.
4: I do not know why you came here, but I warn you again, Jordan. Did you
1: warn Henri de Val before you killed him in the desert? This affair
4: is not for you, Jordan.
1: You told me that. Now, tell me what's between you and Paula Dupre. Get
4: out of here, quickly. You keep out of the drawer, Jonah. Whiskey, Shabbat.
1: Well, what's a believer like you doing with alcohol? Oh, you've lived too long. I wasn't set for a swing in the bottle, and I went down. You don't expect an Egyptian to use his fist, but Shabbat ah. used them well. I found that out when I came up from the floor. I bounded back and drove for his stomach. Ah. Then I went to work in his face. His beard was turning a bright pink when a wild swing caught me flat on ah. the jaw. Before I could shake out the cobwebs, he was on top of me. Ah! I yanked his burnoose tight around his neck, but his knee came up and everything gave way. Hey! We were back on our feet again, slugging it out. Another one in the stomach loosened him up, and then I hit him with all I had.
5: Oh!
1: He sprawled back over the table and onto the floor. This time he didn't get up.
4: No, Joker. but it's enough.
1: This is where we begin, Shabbat. on, get up. Oh. What do you want? We're taking a walk to the cafe tambourine. <laughs> Fifteen minutes later, we slammed in the alley door of the tambourine. Paula Dupre was waiting. I pushed him, and he slumped into a chair. Here he is, Paula. Who is he? Don't you recognize him? He calls himself Shabbat, but he's no more Egyptian than I am. uses his fist too well. Michelle. Oui. That's right, Paula. He went native, but he forgot a believer doesn't drink alcohol.
3: I said I would find you, Michelle. You needed help. Your friend has brought me here. What now? I'm going to pay you what I owe you. No, put that away.
4: Paula, you don't know how to use that. Paula! Kind of... Paula!
1: Her gun spit and three slugs plowed their way through Michelle. He lurched forward, grabbed a chair, then toppled over like a tent in a windstorm. He was dead by the time he hit my rug. And Paula stood over him with a smoking gun in her hand and her face looked like she was going to break out crying. <laughs>
0: listening to escapade with paula tonight's adventure with rocky jordan after radio theater monday night at six my friend irma brings you a new fresh comedy approach you'll pity irma who gets dumber and funnier each week you'll sympathize with jane stacy irma's roommate my friend irma is an hilarious show don't miss it monday night following radio theater at seven And now we take you back to Cairo and tonight's adventure with Rocky Jordan, Escapade with Paula.
1: Put the sucker tag on me. Chase all over Cairo for a dame to help her find a man. Then find him and bring him back just so she can blow some holes into him. Well, Paula finally turned away from Michelle and I threw something over him. Then she spoke, and her voice was strange.
3: I wondered and wondered if when the time came, I would have the nerve.
1: Well, you can stop wondering. You did a good job on him. Here, give me the gun.
3: Here. This changes a lot of things, does it now? What do you think? Well, I knew it would, but I had to do it. Sure. We had some fine hours together, Rocky, eh? I think I had more fun in those few hours than ever before.
1: Well, you took care of ending it.
3: I guess we could have had a lot more fun. We just met too late. Something like that. I'm sorry I had to use you as I did. But it was the only way to find him.
1: At least it was the way you picked. You want to tell me why you did it? It was no good. In what way?
3: In lots of ways, no good but I owed it to him for what he did to me and to my sister. She lived with us after we got married. She had no other place to go. She was young. She didn't know very much. Michelle was my husband, but I guess it didn't mean much to him. She slashed her one day because of what... I see. The law couldn't do anything to him. Her death was a suicide. I had to do it by myself. What now, Rocky?
1: Oh, I don't know.
3: Are you going to turn me in?
1: I haven't worked it out yet.
5: You will not have to work it out, Jordan. I will work it out for you.
1: How long have you been there, Sam? Not long
5: enough to prevent the shooting, but long enough to understand what has been done. Miss Dupre, you will please
1: come with me. Uh, Sam. Yes, Jordan. Uh... Sam, send over some men right away to clean up my place. That I will do, Jordan. Come, Miss Dupre.
3: Goodbye, Rocky.
1: So long, Paula.
3: You think about me a little, huh?
1: Sure. There's a blood spot on my rug to remind me.
0: It's CBS at this same time next week for another story of adventure and intrigue when we take you back to Cairo and the Café Tambourine run by Rocky Jordan. Jack Moyles plays the title role, the story by Larry Roman and Gomer Cool. Rocky Jordan is produced and directed by Cliff Howell, with original music by Milton Charles. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System.